Welcome to Connect Church. We're a new church in the East Windsor Heightstown area, and we're a church that is looking to connect to Jesus and community. We're so glad you've joined us. Hello, everyone. My name is Dave, and it's great to be able to share with you part two of our series on the armor of God. Last week, we saw that we're in a battle a spiritual battle and we need to make sure that we're standing firm. Over the next two weeks, we're going to take a look at the six pieces of armor that the scripture lays out for us uh, for this battle that we're in. Um, and I don't know about you, I find it's hard to do a job without the right tools. I face this tension all the time uh, with my home. You know, if there's a project going on and I don't have the right tool, I, I deal with that dilemma that maybe you deal with as well. Like, Do I really want to spend the money to buy this tool that I'm probably going to use one time and it's just going to sit on a shelf somewhere? And I've got myself into a lot of trouble with this, as you can imagine. Many times I, uh, I make the project even worse. I have to buy the tool and then some materials on top of that to fix everything uh, that, that I messed up. But it can happen in so many areas of our life. We need the right stuff, the right tools. Perhaps you're cooking and uh, you just came home from the store and you realize you forgot that one ingredient and uh, you don't have time to go back and get it. And sure, you can make substitutions. You could swap out hot sauce for tomato sauce and you could try that. Uh, it's just probably not going to work out too well. In, in the end. Uh, students in school, maybe they experience this, our, our college students, as the semester is, is unfolds, did I really have to buy the book? Like, I just spent all this money on this book and we're not even using it. Could I have gotten away without having uh, that tool? Uh, maybe even your insurance bill, your car insurance, can I squeak by this year without buying it? Do I really need it? Can I make it without of it? Um, this uh, spring, my son, We'll play t-ball for the first time, and uh, the Little League sent us a list of what's required to have for him. And uh, he needs certain tools. If I send him out there without, without a glove... Uh, without a batting helmet, he's probably going to get hurt and it's not going to be good for him, right? And so we know that we need the right tools, the right equipment in our life. And so in this battle, this spiritual battle, we need to make sure we have the right tools, the right stuff. Um, it'll be inconvenient sometimes. There'll be times that we try to make substitutions or try to get around it. Um, there'll sometimes be a cost to these things uh, with, within our life. But at the end of the day, they are what we need if we want to be successful. So today we'll look at the first three tools, which we'll see. Uh, come from the Lord for us. And so let's read Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to 15 says this. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Our focus today will primarily be those last two verses, but just kind of want to recap some of the things that Pastor Frank uh, hit on last week just to review in our mind. First, we're to be strong in the Lord and His power. We do not have this battle. We are not in control. If we come into the battle prideful thinking, I can do this, I can handle this, we're going to fall flat uh, on, our, on our face uh, in that. We're setting ourselves up for trouble. Secondly, we're told to put on the full armor. And so as we look at these six pieces of armor over the next two weeks, like 
We need every single one. It can't just be like, oh, I really like that one, so I'll grab that and let someone else have another one. No, we need the full armor of God. We can't pick and choose. Imagine if a, if a soldier in an army said, I'm just going to wear my combat boots today and I'll be good. Like, yeah, combat, combat boots are needed, uh, but there's probably some other pieces of equipment and gear that's going to be really helpful to have in the battle. Third, our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against other people. It's not against culture. Uh, it, it's not against subsets of people or whatever we, we may think. If we focus on others, we've missed it. Our battle is with our enemy, uh, the devil. And fourth, we're told to put on this armor ahead of time so it says so that when this day of evil comes we can stand when it comes right we have to anticipate it uh those who are in military service they're sent to boot camp boot excuse me they're sent to boot camp uh before they're sent out into war why because they need to be trained they need to be prepared so that when the war happens they're ready the same is true for us it, it, it's not that it's too late to put this armor on later on but it's going to be more effective uh when we get ahead of this and that we're practicing it so that's just a recap from last week let's again read verses 14 to 15 for where we're going to focus today it says stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. I don't know if you caught it, but Paul kind of seems obsessed with the word stand in this passage. In verse 11, he says that we need to stand against the devil's schemes. In verse 13, we're put, told to put on the armor set. We can stand when the day of evil comes. And now in verse 14, he says we need to stand firm with this armor. The Greek word behind this word stand seems to indicate something that's that's prolonged. In other words, this battle is often not quick. It's often not just a short season of our lives. At the time of this recording, we're about six weeks, a little less than six weeks into 2023. And uh, I heard many people say this, and even myself, I'm like, oh, 2023 is going to be so much better than 2022. You know, there's a lot of problems in 2022 and challenges and all those things. And, and can I tell you, six weeks in, it's no different, right? <laughs> and we often hope that as the calendar changes, it will change. But, but it really doesn't, or in rarity, it doesn't. Our, our God is so faithful. Our God is so good, and we celebrate that. But yet we still see struggle still there. The battle has not ended, right? We're still in this. I still need the armor of God. And so we need to be able to stand. And we're going to need to be able to stand for a long time. And so we have to be on guard. And maybe you're, you're, you're with us today and you're saying, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know that I've ever fought a spiritual battle. I, I don't know if I've been there. And if that's the case, I, I just want to challenge you to press into Jesus. To, because I believe as we're following Jesus, we should expect these things. I, I know we don't want to. Like, I don't want to expect a spiritual battle. Uh, but if I'm really following Jesus, I should expect it. If, if, if I'm just going through the motions, if it's just, yeah, I, I show up, you know, I, I watch an online service. I, I even sing in my home by myself. You know, I, I, I listen to the, the whole video. I don't stop after two minutes when, the, you know, when I think it's boring or whatever. You know, like, like no, you know, I, I'm in the whole thing. That's great. But following Jesus isn't just about what happens in person on Sunday or watching a video. It, it, it's more than that. In fact, what happens here and in connect groups and discipleship pipeline, all those are training grounds, boot camp, if you will. It's really what do we do in the other 167 hours that are in the week? The battle is when we deal with tensions at work or at school or at home or, or, or in our relationships or when we're battling loneliness and just feel like our life is stuck and it's not where it's supposed to be or whatever the case as we navigate health and financial challenges. These, these things are the battle. And so, so if we're not facing any of those tensions in our life, we may need to ask, how close am I following the Lord? Am I really involved in these things? Um, and, and before we look at the three items we read about, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the, the shoes of the gospel of peace, 
I think it would be important for us to spend a moment reflecting on how do we know if we're being spiritually attacked? It's wise to know when we're being attacked so we know this is the time I really need to press in to that armor. But it would also be wise not to claim every single thing as a spiritual attack. We have to acknowledge that our own sin nature can be involved at times as well. Listen to how James puts it in James 1. James says, When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they're dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. And so James says, hey, when we're tempted, don't blame God. He says, look within. Our, our, our own sin nature, our own desires, it drags us away and entices us. We know that the enemy can bring temptation into our lives as well. And, and so, so what's the point? The point is that we need to have discernment. Uh, we need to know that when I'm in a battle because our enemy is attacking us and when maybe I'm in a battle, but it's really the result of my choices. It's really where even my, my, my sin could have led me or even my desires could have led me. Just give a couple examples. Now, someone may say this, and I just want to preface this and I want to be careful as I say this, as I give some of these categories uh, all these can be either attacks from satan for sure or they could also be the result of some of our choices and so so i'm not saying it's always one or it's always the other but i'm just kind of trying to help us think and process a little bit here so for example someone can say oh the devil is attacking my finances certainly possible but if i went out and i decided to buy a bunch of bitcoin and met season tickets and, and and a new tv and a new laptop and a new phone and just for me throwing a few extra blocks of sharp cheddar cheese like like like, like i could do that and, and, and then and then I could say, well, the, the devil's attacking my finances. Maybe it was more my desire for comfort. Um, maybe there's other times where where where, where I, I I could say, man, the, the devil's really attacking my, my my relationships in our life. Yeah, but if I've if I've spent this time at my workplace or at school gossiping and backbiting and tearing other people down, and now all that's kind of coming out, and it, it, it's you know I, I'm I'm receiving the brunt of that. Is that the devil, or is that my own sin nature that has has caused it? Again, the devil could certainly attack our our relationships as well. Um, and, and, and maybe another example for us to consider is is our health. And again, I want to be real careful here, right? We see Job. Job was certainly attacked by the devil in his health, um, right? But but if, if I look at my life, I could say, well, I, mean, I don't take care of myself. I, I don't sleep. I run myself down. I don't eat right. You know, well, the natural body is only going to be able to put up with that for so, for so long before I get sick. And so is it the devil or is it the result of my choices? Um, and so again, uh, certainly all these things can be a part of the enemy's attack or they could be other reasons. And so we need discernment. When we're facing a battle, Lord, give me discernment to know what's the cause in this. And so I've really been wrestling with that. How do I know when something is from the devil? If it's not obvious that it was my own choices that led there, how, how do I know? And I've struggled with that as I've prepared for, for this message. And so I would encourage you to list out a few thoughts, but jump in a group because, uh, you know, a group can talk about this and we, we, we wrestle with questions together like this. And so uh, it could be helpful to learn in there. So just here's a couple of thoughts I had on it. The first is, is the Spirit's instruction. Sometimes the Holy Spirit could reveal to us that this is a spiritual battle uh, that we're going through. That could happen in times of prayer. That could happen in reading the Word. It could be, be in community with others. It could even be in Kairos moments where God is saying, hey, this is what's going on and makes it very clear. Um, the second way maybe we could tell would be what I would like to call discerned feelings, not just feelings, 
I, I know there's been times where I said, man, I really feel like this is a spiritual uh, attack. That then needs to be discerned. And so going to the Lord and saying, Lord, uh, this is what I'm feeling. Is this what's happening? And asking him to show us. And, and then maybe a last test that we could use is, is this condemning or correcting? I, I believe that Satan often comes to condemn us. He, co- he comes to try to try, try to get us down. Oh, you'll never get it right. You're stuck in your sin. You, you know, and that's where he hits us. Whereas a spirit will certainly uh, show us our sin, but then correct us and restore us unto God, point us back to the grace of God. And so, again, I'm wrestling with all that. Would love to hear what you have to say uh, in a group. So on your connect card, you can fill that out if you're interested. Uh, and so let's look at the three pieces of armor that we need to continually put on. The first one that Paul said was the best belt of truth. Now, Paul's probably writing from a, from a Roman prison, so to speak, chained to a guard. And so maybe he's looking this guard up and down and, and you know, kind of as he's, he's writing this letter. Uh, but the Roman guard would put on the belt of truth, or excuse me, their belt uh, last. It was kind of what would hold everything in place. It would hold maybe a small dagger, a, a weaponry of, of, of some sort. And so what does it look like for us in this battle to have a belt of truth? Well, we know we really need truth because Jesus describes Satan as, as a liar. Listen to John 8, 44. He says, he's saying to the people there, he says, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there's no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. And so there's no truth in our enemy. And so we need to make sure we know we have the belt of truth. And, and, and the reality is we're all grabbing something to be our belt of truth. We're all grabbing to some truth standard, whether we realize it or not. And it's something that we've all based our, 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 li- our lives upon. Sometimes that could be our feelings. We can say, okay, my feelings tell me the truth and how I feel at the moment. That's what's going to lead me and guide me. And that's the belt that we might might put on. Uh, others, maybe it's it's at moments where we, we just go with the majority. We go with the flow. We don't want to upset anybody or ruffle any feathers. So like, oh yeah, people say this is right. And so, yeah, that's right. And that's, I put that belt of truth on and that's what holds me in place. Uh, for, for others, it, it could be what, what tradition is. It could be what my, what my family says, even what my pastor says. And, and I'll put that belt of truth on uh, can we acknowledge that the enemy can actually use all those the enemy can can can, can uh, use our feelings the enemy can use uh, what the crowd says the enemy could even use tradition to distort truth in our life and so we'll lose this battle pretty quickly if we don't have the right belt of truth on we can think about this in two ways First, and probably the most obvious force, is the scripture lays out the truth for us. The scripture teaches us what God is like, what God desires, how to live for him, what is true, and what is right. And so it's important if we're going to stand in this battle for a long period of time, we're going to need a constant infusion of truth into our life. A, a, a constant reminding of this is what God says is right and true. You know, I'm reminded of the uh, Iroquois uh, tribe. They had a rite of passage uh, for, for, for their young men when their boys were 12 years old. Uh, in order to signify that this boy had become a man, uh, they, the tribe, the men of the tribe would walk him out into the dark part of the forest um, and, and leave him there and say, you must stay here until morning. Uh, if you survive the night alone in the forest, uh, then you'll be considered a man and, and truly a part of the tribe. And so I, I wonder what the, what the feelings of, of, of the boy might have been in 
in that moment. You're there. Uh, these people that say they love you drag you out to somewhere where you're now going to be by yourself. And hearing those noises uh, at night, every crackling, you know, is that a bear? What is this? What is that? And, um, you know, you're probably thinking, I've been abandoned. These people these people don't really love me or a predator is about to get me. And, and some of that might be true. Some of that, that, that might not be true. And, and so, so you're there all night. But as time would pass and eventually the sun would begin to rise, uh, the boy would begin to make out something in the tree right beside him. And you see, what they would do is in the tree right beside the young boy, the boy's father would have been up there all night with uh, weapons ready to defend the boy if anything would have happened or if any predator uh, would have come. And so so the boy's feelings and the truth were probably not in line um, for most of the night until but when he saw his dad, <laughs> then he probably felt really good. <laughs> and then the truth was there as well. And so for us, we need to realize how am I processing truth in my life? Our feelings are not evil. I want to be super clear about that. Now, you might get sick of me saying, I know I say a lot that, that, that feelings are good helpers, but they're not good leaders. And so our feelings are not evil, uh, but they can't be in control. They, we cannot base our truth on how we feel at a moment. Sometimes our feelings will be correct. Sometimes they won't. And so in this battle, we need the light. We need the word of God to constantly reveal truth for us. And so I would suggest that if we're a disciple of Jesus, we need regular time within the word of God. We need to study it. We need to grow in it. We need to get the truth in us. Our Christian life can't be, I hear the truth preached in an online service or on Sundays or in a, in a group. Like, that's great. But if we only ate one physical meal throughout the week, like we'd be pretty, pretty impo impoverished. Or we, 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 our bodies would not be in good shape, right? And, and the same is true spiritually. And so I would say we need the discipline of being in the word of God. And when I say discipline, I do not mean rule and regiment. No one is righteous because they can read a few words on a page every single day, right? It, it's not about that, right? But but I say discipline because we won't always feel like it. A, a, a discipline because it's not always easy. But but a discipline to say, I'm going to make the time and get the truth in. You know, you could ask me what, what I ate for dinner three Thursdays ago, and I probably can't tell you. You could ask me, however, about bone. I'll tell you about bone. It's in the Dominican Republic. It's an ice cream shop. I've got to go back there at some point in my life. I could taste it. Send me the waffle cone right now. I can't with a little fudge stick on the side. Let's go, right? It's very memorable. It's memorable because maybe the people that were with me in that moment, it was memorable because I just like ice cream and it tasted really good, right? And so some meals I will remember. Many I will not, but all of them provide me the nutrients that I need and the calories that I need to keep going and do what I need to do in that day. And so sometimes we'll engage the word of God and it'll hit us like a ton of bricks. I'm like, whoa, that truth, that was a truth bomb for me right there. I needed that right now. Other times it's truth that's just kind of stored away and it's just feeding us nutrients and we might need to draw on that three weeks from now or three years from now or whenever that season comes. But may we be people who know the truth. But also we have to keep in mind, truth is not just intellectual ideas. We often talk about confessional and functional belief. Truth is not just, I know it, it has to be living it. And for us, we have seen truth fully lived out. Truth is not just ideas, it's a person, it's Jesus Christ. Jesus has fully embodied truth and lived it perfectly for us. And so he's a reminder for us. And so we have to continually set Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life before us so that we could be reminded of what is true. Before we move on to the breastplate of righteousness, let me give you an example. Maybe you discern that you're in a spiritual battle and you're trying to stand but at that moment we feel abandoned we feel alone we feel like we can't go on that's the exact moment for the belt of truth i would suggest in that moment another person or a piece of pen and paper would be really useful write down how we're feeling write down that we feel abandoned lament write, write, write an angry psalm if we have to put it down it, 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 it's all good 
I think a, part, a healthy part of a disciple's life is working through those emotions, not just suppressing them. Let, let's acknowledge them and write them down, but then let's write the truth. What does the gospel say to what I'm feeling right now? What does Jesus say to this? How does scripture speak to it? How did I see this ultimately revealed in the life of Christ? What's the Holy Spirit guiding me in? That's the belt of truth for us. Okay, let's move on to the second article that we're going to grab, which is the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate for a soldier was a crucial piece of armor. It would essentially cover from your neck down to your waist. Um, it was a very defensive, you know, protect you from arrows and close combat uh, that could get you. Uh, but it's interesting to kind of see the evolution of the breastplate over time. A at the time of the Romans, they probably had a very solid piece of metal that would cover the front. Um, at other points uh, in, in, in Bible times, they had different pieces that were kind of woven together. Uh, so there were some vulnerabilities. In fact, we read about this uh, much before the Roman time. Uh, King Ahab, he's hit with an arrow that seems to kind of sneak through his armor. His breastplate was, it wasn't very good. He, he was vulnerable. And so are we vulnerable in this battle? Well, if we don't have the breastplate of righteousness, yes, we're vulnerable. If we're grabbing, just like we could grab other belts, if we're grabbing a different breastplate and putting it on, there's going to there's gonna be holes in there. We're going to be vulnerable to, to attack. But the good news for us is God wants to give us, it's a gift, his breastplate of, of righteousness. We, we can't earn it. We're not saying breastplate of righteousness, I did the right things this week, breastplate of righteousness, I'll do the right things from here on out. No, that, that, that's not going to work. Rather, we're saying I'm receiving Christ and his righteousness in my life. You know, righteousness means to be pure and holy without fault. We certainly can't point to ourselves for that. We have to point to Jesus. And, and, and one of the things I think that happens often in a spiritual battle is that Satan wants us to focus on the wrong righteousness. He wants us to focus on our own righteousness. He wants us to focus on our own good deeds because he knows he's going to discredit us and show us that we've fallen short or make us prideful and not realize the truth that we need a Savior in, in, in Christ. And so God's answer to this is his breastplate of righteousness, his goodness. We can't manufacture it. And so if we try to manufacture, it's going to be like a King Ahab breastplate. We're going to be vulnerable. We're going to get hit. The vital organs are going to be attacked. Listen to what Romans 1.17 says. It says, For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. And so this breastplate is not by works. We can't, we can't say, I'll work for the breastplate this week. No, we just receive it by faith. And so perhaps we sit here, we watch together today, and we say, I'm not righteous. And here's what I did this week that's unrighteous. You could put me at the front of the line. I, I, I am right there. We could even just work for the last, you know, probably five hours and, we, and we'd have plenty enough to put there. But, but but the good news for us is we could continually receive Jesus' righteousness. He takes our sin. We get his righteousness. Now, hear me clearly. That does not mean we don't take responsibility for our sin. That doesn't mean that we don't deal with the consequences of our sin or work on the practical things to prevent us from continuing to sin. For example, if we're living in deceit, we need to come out of that. If we're gossiping and backbiting, we, we, we need to come out of that. Uh, if we're not in line with God's word in any area, we need to come out of that and live differently. His grace gives us power uh, to do that. And we do it out of love for Christ. But again, this, in this battle, the devil's going to constantly say, look at your own righteousness. Either get prideful or feel horrible about yourself. That's where he wants to get us. And so, so, so we, we need to remember uh, what Jesus has done. We need his help for this. You know, one of the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. I could try to produce that on my own. It's going to last about 12 seconds probably, right? And so I need God to even produce the things that I'm supposed to have in my life. And so as I sit here in this battle and you and I are together, we need to remind ourselves. And so how do we do it? 
can I encourage us? The way to do this practically is to preach righteousness to ourselves and others. Now, when you hear preach, don't think about a preacher preaching in a church service or whatever. Think proclaim. We need to regularly proclaim righteousness, not to tout that we're good because it's not our righteousness we're proclaiming. We're proclaiming Jesus's righteousness. And, and, and so in those moments when I feel defeated because of my sin, and it's the same sin I stumbled in as two days ago, and here I am again, how did I get there? It's okay. Let's sit there. Let's grieve on that. Let's lament over that. Let's pour, God, why am I here again? I can never seem to make it. Lay that out. That, that's all good. But Lord, thank you for your righteousness that you have given me in Christ. Lord, I know it's not based on my effort. I'm asking you to give me the self-control to change that area of my life, Lord. Thank you for what you've done. If it's based on ourselves, who, who, who could stand? And so we need to preach it to ourselves, but we also need to preach it to others. It's been said at this time, the Roman soldiers, their breastplate only covered the front. Other cultures had one that was the front and the back because the Roman soldiers were instructed to never retreat. And so if you have no armor behind you, you're probably not going to turn around and run away. You're going to get hit and get hurt. Um, and, and, and so they were to stand shoulder to shoulder and, and fight side by side uh, with this breastplate. And so for us, we stand in this battle with our fellow disciples in Christ, and we have a great opportunity to preach righteousness to them. Not a, not a righteousness of religiosity, not a righteousness of their own doing, but we can say, hey, I'm just like you. I'm in this battle. I, 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 I fall into sin, but guess what? We have the righteousness of Jesus. Let's confess. Let's find his grace. Let's find his power to live differently, and, and, and that's how we're going to stand. And again, this battle is prolonged. And so there's going to be times where I feel really beat down in this battle. There's going to be times where another disciple feels beat down. And so we need that over and over. In our church, we often call this gospel coaching, that we continually want to point each other to the death and resurrection of Jesus and what Jesus has done for us and remind ourselves of where righteousness comes from. Again, doesn't excuse things. Doesn't mean we don't deal with the consequences. All that's there. That's part of it. But let's make sure we're pointing one another to the gospel. The last piece of armor that we'll look at for today are the shoes. Now, I'm not a shoe game person. Some people, they're very big on shoes. I tend to buy my same New Balance shoes over and over again. And that's all I basically basically wear. I, I, I've, become, I've become an old man. That, that's, that's what it is, right? But Paul says, you need to have the right shoes in this battle. And so the shoes of the Roman soldier were often like a leather boot. It would cover the shins and the ankles. Um, but, but they had like spikes and nails that would come out of the bottom. Almost think cleats. They wanted good traction because they would fight a lot of hand-to-hand -hand combat. And so you wanted to be immovable. You, want to, you don't want someone to be able well, you know, you got no good, no good traction. You get just pushed over uh, within a, a battle. And so, as we're in this battle, our shoes are called the shoes of the gospel of peace. And so, we need peace to make us immovable in this battle. I don't know if you've seen this. I'm sure you have. It's people just going through stuff, going through a battle, they're immovable. Like they're so focused on the Lord. It's not that they don't have emotions where they're up and they're down, but man, they just stay steadfast and they're following the Lord and, you know, long term and they don't give up. Man, they got the shoes of the gospel of peace. And certainly there's a peace that comes when we receive Jesus' righteousness that we just talked about, uh, you know, and we need that peace. But there's also an ever-present peace for each moment and situation we come through. Yes, I have peace with the Father because I received Jesus' righteousness, but I also need peace because I'm dealing with this situation over here and that situation over there. Now listen to Philippians 1.6. It says, Being confident in this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Our peace does not mean that there's an absence of issues. <laughs> there, there, there will be, but our peace is Jesus and that he started this work, he will finish it. I don't know about you, 
I don't like to leave projects unfinished. In fact, in my home, I will not sleep well if I started a project and I didn't finish it that night. I, I'm going to show you how much of a weird person I am. Uh, from time to time, I'll, uh, I'll do like leaf cleanup for people. And so like if I know I'm going to someone's house, I, I can just visualize Doretta's house. I go to Doretta's house and do her leaves sometimes and, and I, I will lay there the night before. I should be sleeping. And, you know, I, I should be you know counting sheep or whatever. And I'm laying there. I'm like, okay, I'm going to start in the back left corner and I'm going to blow the leaves this way. However, if the wind is coming from the south, I'm going to start on this side of the house. Here's where I'm going to put the tar. Like, like this is how my mind thinks. I, I know I'm a very strange individual, right? But it's unfinished and it bothers me. And, and, and maybe we will look at our life and we feel like, Lord, I feel so unfinished. The good news for us is you don't have me laying in bed figuring out how to figure it out. We got Jesus. He said, I started this work. I will finish it. You could have peace because I'm on it. I'm taking care of it. He's the master worker. And, and, and so he brings us the gospel of peace. What does that look like practically? Um, well, it looked like practically, I think we often need to remind ourselves of the gospel in those moments. I'll just show you an image here on the screen uh, real quickly. I'm not going to take a long time to talk about it. Um, it's from our discipleship pipeline. And if you've never been a part of our discipleship pipeline, another plug, feel free to jump in there. You'll learn about this in there. But basically what this exercise does is we list out what we're feeling. You can see on the top of the tree, often a lack of peace can be one of those things. We ask ourselves some questions. We remind ourselves of the gospel so that this way we can have peace in those moments. So again, if you want to copy this, let us know. We'll send it to your get in pipeline and someone will teach it uh, to you uh, in that. Right? But we need to remind ourselves of peace. We need to remind ourselves of what Jesus done. If Jesus has gone to the cross, his death and resurrection, then he's not going to leave me over, over doing leaves for somebody else. <laughs> or much seriously things in our lives, the, the, the tensions and the issues that I'm facing and the things I'm going through and the battles I face. If he went to the cross, he will not leave me for this. You know, something Pastor Frank that, that has, has, has done with us several times in, in our in-person services, I think it'd be helpful for us is that, that, that when we pray to maybe put our hands out like this and give it to God, Lord, here's the situation. Here's the thing that's, that's causing me to lose peace. Lord, here's the thing weighing on me. But then also take time to turn our hands this way, symbolically saying, Lord, here's what I receive from you. Lord, would you bring your peace here and now? Would you give me instruction? Lord, would you remind me your Holy Spirit with me? And this takes time. Maybe even silence and pausing to hear from the Lord, but being still, laying down our weapons, our work to trust him who's done the work. These are the shoes that we've put on, the gospel of peace. You know, the armor that we choose, and we'll see other armor next week, but the armor that we choose is related to what we think will bring victory. You know, in the Old Testament, you may be familiar with the story of David and Goliath. David's about to fight Goliath. And in that story, the king at the time, Saul, tries to give David his armor. In Saul's mind, this is what will bring victory. You go out to fight, this is what you wear. This is how you win. And David says, this armor doesn't fit me. It's clunky. It doesn't work. And he puts it off and you know, goes and gets his, his slingshot and his stone. You see, there's a lot of armors that we are told will bring us victory. We might be told, hey, just get success. Get a great paying job. Make it in life. Attain these possessions and, and that will bring victory. Or, or have these connections and that will bring victory. Or have a lot of wisdom and a lot of knowledge and know things and that will bring victory. Or, or listen, just this area of comfort, have this pleasure and that will bring victory. And I think time will ultimately reveal that those armors are clunky. They don't fit. They, 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 their breastplates are not good. They're very vulnerable to attack. And so we need the armor of God. But the reality is we need access. All those armors I just mentioned, we need access. If we say, hey, success, 
And, and, and is the way to victory? Well, then, then I need access to education and to a job. Or if it's people, I need access to people. Uh, if it's comfort, I need access to, to whatever the items are that I think would bring me comfort, whatever. I need access to those things. But for us, we have been given access to the best armor possible through Jesus Christ. Through Jesus' death and resurrection, the armor has been provided to help us in the battle now. Has Jesus already won the battle at the cross? Yes, he has. Has he already defeated death and Satan? Yes, Satan was disarmed armed at the cross but we live in the tension of the now and not yet jesus kind of kind of spoke as the kingdom is here now we're in it but yet the kingdom is still unfolding and so in that we're going to have battles and so we need this armor we could survive because jesus has given us access you know the three pieces of armor we talked about today really have nothing to do with us the belt of truth ultimately revealed in jesus the word of god righteousness not our own Jesus' death and resurrection gives us that peace because he's working on us, not because of my work. And so Jesus is our access. Jesus is entrusting us to lay down our methods and remind ourselves of the work that he's done and is continuing to do in our life. And so today, what might that look like? Maybe today you need to receive the victory of Jesus. Maybe you need to enter into this access. It's there for you, but you haven't taken it yet. A lot of times at church, we call this getting saved or giving our heart to the Lord. It's simply saying, Jesus, what you did in your death and resurrection, this is what I'm trusting in. This is what I'm putting my hope in. I want access to the Father. The scripture says that as we believe in his name, in Christ's name, and what he's done, we become the children of God. Man, and we put on this armor because of what Jesus has done. And so I would encourage you, if that's where you're at, you're making that decision today. There's a link on each platform. You can just click that and we'll be glad to follow up with you and walk with you on that and celebrate with you on that. Uh, for others that maybe have already taken that step, awesome. That's great. Um, we need to keep walking in Jesus' victory. We could look at it from our perspective like, oh, I'm losing. I'm in this battle. Or we could say, no, no, Jesus already won it. We're in this tension, but I'm going to walk with him and I still have access the enemy may be attacking me. I may be in a spiritual battle, but I have access to the armor through Christ. And so maybe this week it's getting into the word of God. Maybe it's a reading plan. Maybe it's just taking time to study the scripture. Again, if you need help, we want to resource you. We could work with you on that. Just let us know. Maybe this week you need to preach righteousness to yourself and remind yourself of where your righteousness comes from. Or maybe God has placed you to preach righteousness to someone else and remind them of the hope of the gospel. And then lastly, maybe we just need to be still and receive peace. Maybe our practice this week needs to, needs to be, as, as Pastor Frank taught us to pray, releasing it to the Lord, receiving his peace in our life. This is all ongoing, so we could probably find ourselves. And so we want to stand firm. And so let's collect the pieces of armor that we need. Let's pray together today. Jesus, you know the armor that we need. You know each one that's watching, what they're facing in this moment. Lord, I pray that you would speak to them. You would encourage them. Lord, you have already done the work. And so, Lord, we want to receive what you have for us. Lord, remind us of where truth comes from. Show us your truth. Reveal it to our hearts in your word uh, and, and, Lord, in you. And, Lord, also all your righteousness, we thank you for it. Lord, we thank you that you forgive our sin and we get your righteousness. And, Lord, we ask your peace. Lord, whatever we're walking through right now, may we be immovable in the gospel, knowing that you're working on us. I thank you for each one, Lord. Be with them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this encourages you to take your next steps in your faith journey with God. You can check us out more on connectchurchnj.com. Have a great day.